This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 102. Today on our show, Jeremy and Jennifer Embry from Aquarium Artisans. One of the tanks was determined by a structural engineer to have over 3,700 PSI on the joint. I know that sounds like a bunch of random numbers. The Army Corps of Engineers states that the standard, the acceptable level is 750 PSI, and if you exceed that, you should be, ex- be building thicker Acrylic or glass. So when it lets we saw okay. one fail that had 3,700 psi on the joint. Wow! It's catastrophic. It ruined. It ruined the house. There's more to aquariums than meets the eye, it turns out, and Darren can attest to that as he's deep into the hobby, as it were. Oddly, he's not a client of Jeremy and Jennifer, who help people set up and maintain aquariums, large and small. I'm not sure how he actually found them, but uh, there you have it. They tell us about how they installed an aquarium in someone's shower, uh, what the new trend in aquariums is that doesn't involve animals, and what it takes to have a shark tank in your house, plus a whole lot more. Now, if you've been liking the podcast, you can support it by a PayPal or Venmo. Simply use podcast at cintyshirts.com. Also, be sure to listen for the special promo code for 20% off near the end of the episode. Now let's talk to Jennifer and Jeremy. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from Cincinnati. She came down Cincinnati. Just maybe think of me once in a while. I'm in Cincinnati. We're here with uh, Aquarium uh, Artisans. Well, yeah, and let's see. But before, before we get too much into your story, I want to go on a little rant so you guys understand where I am on my fish journey. All right. Okay. Had you know, folks had tanks growing up, but they were kind of. They I just remember them as being kind of blips in my memory. I wasn't around to do anything with them. We had them for like two years, and then they were gone, and that was it. You know, we moved houses, went to college, and that was. It. I, I just remember yeah, at one point we had a fish tank. <laughs> we weren't really into it. Uh, my son was three. I. Uh, Got him a little 10-gallon tank, just a little starter tank. Okay, I know nothing. I didn't know anything about the the ammonia cycle and the, you know, all, all that nitrogen nitrite stuff. And it was just, hey, we're going to go to the store, going to get a little 10-gallon, throw a goldfish in there, <laughs> and our lives are going to be amazing. <laughs> well, then I'm like, well, man, I got one goldfish. Why not two goldfish? Then why not, you know, let's have this and that. So I have a 10-gallon crammed with uh you know and, and pretty soon what happens they all die right you know because i'm not changing the water i don't know anything about anything <laughs> it's probably abuse really so from there i'm like you know what this is awesome i'm enjoying it more than my son is i'm gonna get on craigslist bought a 125 off of some dude in newport you know borrowed my buddy's truck and loaded this thing up and painted the cabinet and you know got uh this is, a, this is a 125 long. Um, I wasn't going to spend money on a canister filter for some reason. So instead, I had four uh, hang on the back filters on the back of this thing. 
Um, and I'm still like, oh man, I'm still into, still into these goldfish. So then I'm like, well, it's a bigger, it's a bigger tank. So of course, koi fish sounds like a great idea for a tank, right? <laughs> no, but anyway, exactly. So, but, it, but this is just like, I'm learning every day as I go. Uh, and I don't know, graduated from art school. I like doing weird stuff at the, I don't, I, I think this is actually even before, the guys on Tanked were, were on TV doing what they do and on all that stuff. But anyway, I just kind of wanted to show you uh, the, 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 the starts of, uh, of this tank. So, so basically, the same thing happened at this level. Um, I was at Bunbury selling shirts, and my wife called me and said, Yeah, all your fish are dying. Um, so, so the so the background was the Mario Brothers water level. Gotcha. You know, because I, I love uh, video games and Mario, and I'm like, wow, you know what? Let's do a fish tank with the the Mario theme. Um, so that was that was the the once those all died, then it's like, oh well, what else am I gonna do? I'm looking at you know every can of fish food, every poster in a fish store has a big beautiful discus on there. Yes, and I'm, absolutely. And I'm still not going to go towards. I'm not going to learn anything about salt water. I'm not going to do any of that nonsense. But hey, I'm all of a sudden I'm going straight from goldfish to an idiot with koi in his tank to the beautiful world of discus. So then I had got these got these uh, beautiful discus. <laughs> Which are arguably as hard as saltwater fish oh, in, yeah. in many regards. Oh my gosh. And I'm spending money on medi medications and I'm like trying to basically be a vet. These things get sick. <laughs> and you know, they're 75 to 100 bucks a fish. They're dying left and right. And I'm, I, don't, I don't know. But, but anyway, uh, and we'll post these pictures on the blog so people can actually see. But yeah, I'm showing them pictures of my Mario. Uh, brothers themed discus tank, which I think anyone who's a true hobbyist would probably uh, agree that I'm an idiot. These fish are probably freaked out. They have no business being <laughs> being in there. Um, uh, let's see. Here's the actual video of. Uh, oh, there's a video on there. Yeah. We try and post. I had the. Uh, oh man, it had the sound. I had a, you could press the button and it would press. It play the music. Um, that they uh, that you would listen to on the, really on the back out. of the, the oh, Mario yeah, level, kind of yeah. like the guy that does the so, uh, does the the lights for the Christmas lights and everything. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but anyway, um, similar story. My uh, father-in-law, huge fish tank nut, had one. I'm, and I'm asking my wife right now if we have a picture handy on Facebook of him with his tank. He had a big hunk of coral in it, mm -hmm. and it, it, this was proper. And he built his way up to it. And concurrent to that, I don't know what his interest in fish, if it started before that, but it, the, to make a long story short, everyone in my wife's family, except for my mother-in-law, worked for SeaWorld on Aurora in some capacity. Wow. My brother-in-law now is the curator of fishes at SeaWorld San Antonio. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, my sister-in-law just worked like in the park, and so did my wife and my brother-in-law. That's how they met. And yeah, so this the long. So I've I've had experience, and my experience similar to Darren's early adventures didn't work out. Somebody gave me some fish to add to our tank, and I found one. He couldn't take it. He just he jumped for it, and I found him on the basement floor one day. And like, is that I a had thing? enough? 
Is that? Yeah. Do they like? Do they it is a huge to, thing. Yeah, a lot I did of not them. know that. They just, they just bro. jump out of the. I did. And he, <laughs> I don't know how he made it out. I had, well, it was, part, it was covered with a they light. They find the one teeny they, tiny they hole that their body fits out of. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know they that. They just managed to do it. That was my biggest surprise. Is that I know they could yeah. actually jump out of the tank, and that they would jump out of the tank. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. Ah, ah gone. Huh, okay. Anyway, but hey, real, real quick though, I want to finish up my fish tank journey, yeah. guys, because this, this this first, it's all about me for this first half. <laughs> uh, anyway, so soon enough, the discus start having babies, so I'm like, now I'm breeding these things, and that, I, oh. you know, they grew up to maybe be the uh, size of a quarter before they died. Um, but anyway, there <laughs> were some cool ones. Here. Yeah. So anyway, I finally get to the point where I'm like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna get away from this jokey novelty Mario tank. Um, so that's when I added, uh, you know, the sand bottom. Oh, that's super nice! Look at that. Yeah, see, see, I'm starting to learn. Yeah. Starting to get, now I'm getting it. I'm probably three years in at this point. Just all I got is white sand, driftwood, and uh, you know some. Looks good. Same same tank. Well, anyway, so. Like I said, the, the discus are dropping like flies. I'm still not getting any better. I'm still doing water changes two, three times a week, just like they, oh they say. I don't know if that's necessary. People, yeah, there's, there's I want to get your opinion we're, on that. We're going to get you all fixed up. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so now I'm looking on YouTube, different stuff, coming across different people. So then I get into the plants. Oh. It's no longer it's no longer about the fish. It's about aquascaping. Yes. I'm, I'm not an aquarium fish oh. guy now. I'm an aquascaper. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So so this is just kind of a progress of as you see the discus are dying. Right now I have no discus, but I have oh man that dwarf sag at the bottom and s repens right there. Yeah, we got yeah. some anubius and some fire. Um, so I don't know. We just got yeah. different. And then actually, uh, bigger, just plants, plants. We got CO2 rocking in this yep. thing. Yep. Uh, just a couple tetras. And actually, here's a picture of I took of it last night. But, you know, it is it is an, a relaxing hobby, especially in this world of everything's digital and flying and loud noises and whatnot. You can just sit down in your basement, chill out, forget everything, and watch these serene, peaceful creatures, this little world that you created, uh, just go by. So anyway, so that's where that's where I started, and that's this is over five years. It's quite uh, progress. And, 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 and I, once you show these online, I think people will be quite impressed from where yeah, you started yeah, to where, where you're at right now. Well, I got I got my plants from Dustin, Dustin's Fish Tanks down in Le Lexington. He provides all of our plants for our store. All right. That's yep. awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, he uses some of these pictures in his marketing. I'll see them on Facebook. It'll be like Facebook ad. I'm like, hell He's yeah, buddy. Up to do, Dustin's <laughs> coming up to do a live event um, for our grand opening, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, he's going to escape a 210. That's um, awesome. Live for the freshwater community. Man, so you guys have live aquascaping going on right here in Cincinnati. Yes. Yes. That is awesome. So, yeah. So, anyway. All right. So you will we'll, be really impressed to see not only Dustin coming, but we, we have so – we do this commercially, not – not just at the retail level, but we have a lot of connections nationally to bring in aquascapers and things. And Jennifer um, has got a really good friend who's a world-renowned aquascaper that judges in China, Singapore, all these far land places. Um, wow. And he owns Aquarium Design Group in Houston, Texas. And Mike Sinsky and, and Jeffrey Sinsky, his brother, are known as some of the best. They studied underneath of Amano, who has the nature, basically wrote the book on Nature Aquarium. 
So, and that's what they call that. Is Mike will be coming up as well in, in February. So, yes. Wow. Yeah. So, we're bringing some national big-time names in so that you can sit down and pick their brain. Um, and, and really, in a market that's really not developed here, where we kind of first brought it in and, and showed people the plants, and the, the, how well it's been received so far is incredible in the store. Yeah. And, man, people come to my house and are like, what is this? Like, I didn't even know. Like, are those real plants? I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. they're real plants. Mm-hmm. It's underwater water gardening, guys. Come Absolutely. on. Give it it's a game. huge thing. It's a huge thing. So, so in Europe, in Europe they, this is starting in Europe, and, and there's guys like you get on Instagram, guys like Oliver Knott and um, some of these big names, Louis Fumawaro. Um, they will aquascape an aquarium and they'll show up at like a show and they'll have a 10 gallon tank to aquascape and you'll have a couple thousand people watching. Wow. And this is in Europe and they're, and they're meticulously doing this, you know, with tweezers and, and everything else. And these interesting tools that you've probably seen on your, you know, your doctor's lab table right before you go under anesthesia, you, you know, and they're doing all this stuff and all these people are staring and watching every move they make and they've got a headset on and they're talking to people about what they're doing. Wow. So this is something that, you know, as we know in Europe, kind of makes its way over to the states a couple years later in cincinnati some would argue 10 years later but yeah. it makes its way over and so you know it's now the emphasis the fresh water is huge right now that's going on so you're kind of on the forefront of kind of a trend right yeah, now. yeah yeah that's what yeah. i'm saying everybody's like what fish so wait there i'm confused Did, just so we're clear is it more of a, a plant-based thing now or do you still have critters in there no i got i got some rainbows and okay. I, mean, I don't know a dozen looks like neon we'll tetras, yeah, neon neon tetras and all right you know just some little things to you know keep it keep it rolling okay gotcha. but um that's got a little co2 system that's well, i don't even know if it's a system it's just a little canister that you get filled up at dicks it's mm-hmm. about i don't know mm-hmm. 24 ounces or something uh you know some it's it's still I think you've done it's very, very, the, uh, very well for where he came from with yeah. the Mario theme tank. Yeah, see, that's what <laughs> uh, oh, but, yeah. it, but you get people like on Tanked, for instance, and I'm like, yeah, these, these celebrities are paying big bucks for these stupid themes that are literally good for probably a week, maybe a month. <laughs> and then you're going to be like, ah, I'm just sick of this. Like, Fortunately, there's a whole website dedicated to some of the failures of some of the Themed aquariums the themed that you aquarium. saw. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's not conducive to the animal's environment. Um, you know, they get freaked out. Like, for instance, LED lights came out a number of years back, and they started getting cute with the programs where you could have cloud cover, and they would even do lightning bolts and, and all this other stuff where it would just flicker like a strobe light. And, and everyone thinks that's funny, but the animals don't think that's funny. So what happens is when the, the lightning goes off, they dart, they hammer their head into a rock, Ooh. they get a cut, something from happens to them, and from there they get an infection, and you know what happens But isn't that. it recreating a storm in the wild? <laughs> that's what, Not really, like the because they're setting. far enough down that right. they really don't see it as bright. These so, these LED lights And they've lights never been in that. the wild anyway. Like, well, saltwater fish, yeah. saltwater uh, fish have. Yeah. Um, and you know the, what you but what you have are you have these small point of source diode lights, right? So that lightning effect comes straight down. You know, it's not spread out like a flicker across the sky. It's a yeah. very you know, single line of light, and it, it just, it freaks them out. Freaks them out. That's yeah. wild. And especially if they haven't been used to it. If they have been in captivity for years, and or they're captive bred fish, they, they don't get it. They just are like, huh, something's bad. Yeah. <laughs> Run. Yeah. Run. Hide. <laughs> right. So let's hear about your background. How did you guys get started? What, 
from Cincinnati? Oh, or? man. Uh, so I was, I don't know, 17, 18. My dad worked for a large wholesale fishing bait company in Hamilton, Ohio. And uh, you know, I wanted a fish tank in my room, you know, before I was going to college. You know, my dad's like, uh, you know, I deal with fishing bait, you know, every day. I don't want a fish tank in my house, you know. And, you know, he's a high hardcore sports guy. I played a lot of sports. And, and so I decided that when I moved out, I was going to get a fish tank because, hey, Finding Nemo come out, right? And I was going to Miami, and I was like, you know, Nemo's out. I want to put this in my dorm room, whatever. And so I, I got, you know, I got this fish tank, and, and from there the obsession went from, you know, a 20-gallon tank to three, four, five, six, seven, eight hundred 800-gallon tanks. And Sounds familiar. Plumbing this through my floor and my rental homes, and I've got rooms dedicated to this. And you know, oh yeah, gotta have a fish room. Gotta have a fish room. So I meet <laughs> I meet Jennifer right through um, a local aquarium club. You know yeah. how nerdy is that, right? I'm it like, wasn't plentyoffish.com. No, it was not plentyoffish.com. It was online dating. So we Jeremy and I go back to like 2001. So we had this we had this club. It was on Yahoo, one of the Yahoo search engines. It was crashing every day. Everybody was trying to meet at different people's houses. Still is a thing today, although Facebook has kind of cut into that a little bit. And so I meet her, and she runs a local aquarium store, and we kind of struck up a friendship, and we had been friends ever since. Wow. Um, and, you know, I was, you know, this single guy partying like a rock star and she was responsible. And and so it, it just <laughs> took a real long time for me to grow up before, yeah, we started dating again. And so it, it was it was it was interesting. So we met through a fish club and then we started this business, um, you know, almost seven and a half years ago, just doing it commercially. Um, and once we did that, it took off. We bought a store, and it just kept, you know, going farther and farther. And I'm like, I'm like the creative side, you know. I put aquariums inside showers and all these other nutty things that people see online. And then my wife is like, you I'm know, still the responsible. She's one. the yeah. one that she's the one that has to reel me in. <laughs> ground, know? she grounds you. Yeah. So it's it's, it's really like uh, one in of my, a good way, not in like an anchor. Yeah. One of my friends it, said. It depends like, on the day you ask him. Yeah. One of my uh, friends say, you, know, you guys are like the Chip and Joe of the aquarium trade, you know. Because yeah, there's some days you'll come into the store and we'll be each other's throats like, oh, I said I want this, you know, and we're going back and forth. And, and I'm just the creative side and she reels it in. She runs the back end of the business and I do all of the installation, the design work. So it kind of, it, it, when it works, it's it's unbelievable. But when I'm trying to spend more money in the store that I've already grossly spent more money on than I should have, yeah. it's <laughs> a little worse. So you guys probably know that building, how many stores you've built. It's kind of like, no, but I wanted to spend another $300 on this. Yeah. And she's like, uh, no, it's not happening. So, yeah, she's the fiscal responsible one, and I'm the you know the, the artistic dreamer, I guess you could say. That's great. So you started with the... Uh, you said corporate installations or like how's so what you just talk to your buddy he's like yeah set a tank up for me and then he talks to his friends ah, i got this guy that set a tank up and pretty soon you're setting tanks up for the whole city like what <laughs> i started in the fish world back in 2000 i worked for various different jacks crime and pet stores when they were still primarily aquatic focused okay i left them in 2004 um, and went to Aquarium Adventure. It was the it was the first like big specialty store that showed up. Yeah. It was in Deerfield Town Center, um, and I stayed there for a couple of years before I went into the private sector. And then so from there I went into solely the design and installation side of it without retail attached to it for a different company. Um, that went well. It started growing. Um, I called him and one of the other guys that I worked with for years. I'm like, hey guys, want jobs? You know, I, I, I've got this company. So we did that for a while. And then, you know, 
sometimes employees and bosses don't work well. So there became a point in 2012 that Jeremy and I made the decision that it was it was time to set a new standard, to raise the bar and to demand more of our industry than continuing to put together fish tanks with four filters hanging on the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so from there, we started out our own. Um, our first six months into business, we landed a, um, one of my friends gave me a newspaper article that detailed an aquarium that was going in a shower in Waynesville. And I called him and I said, nobody knows how to do this in this city but you, who's putting this in. And so he's like, I don't know, send it to me. So he picks up the phone, calls the builder, and he's like, I don't know, I think I was going to call those guys on the TV show. And we're like, whoa, oh, let's yeah. just take a step back here. I bet they're in the budget. So, um, so we went in and we talked with them, and even just six months into business for ourselves, a customer trusted us to design and install what is still the only aquarium in a shower that actually gets wet in the United States. So I had, to, wow. I had to work along with Reynolds Polymer, which was a large company. They make all the acrylic for public aquariums out of Arvada, Colorado. Um, and we had to painstakingly sit down and go through all the chemicals that the customer may or may not be using as far as like hair shampoos and soaps and everything to make sure that if it got on the acrylic and you know of anything with plastic, if it gets on it, it can cause it to craze, crack, any of that. Discolor. We had to go through all of that and, and then show them the chemicals that they couldn't get near it and put it inside of the shower. Um, had and to account for the heat. The had to account it. for the heat because oh, of yeah. the, the steam and everything. So we had to account for the heat. It's plumbed, you know, probably a good 80 feet over in the house that has its own filtration room and that's the that's only the first aquarium in the home the home also has another 800 gallon tank that's in the main living room that can be seen from four sides of the home wow. and that's all underneath of the stairs this person's really nice. i'm trying to find a picture but there, okay yeah oh uh, wow <laughs> so that i can give you access to some of these too so you can put on the yeah wall. We need the back side of that for is physically sure. inside the shower okay Jeez. i see that's yeah. crazy. So sometimes you see them, and a lot of times people will put a window protecting the aquarium on before it Not goes in there. One. Not that one. That one's actually can get physically wet. There's um, the inside. It can. It's oh. a very interesting installation. Yeah. yeah, and this isn't your normal shower, people. This yeah, is this like is, a room. This is like yeah, some it's Roman like bathhouse. <laughs> <laughs> but that was an installation that 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 put us on the map. It was filmed by um, national couple. Uh, couple different national companies that went ahead and featured it and from there it just grew though because wow. Wow. it became known that if you wanted something that couldn't be done we could do it we yeah. figure out a way to do it um the we've main... been propositioned with hanging things from ceilings which we have not done oh, wow. <laughs> but it's definitely come up a lot of a lot of them are overseas right now are doing what's called cantilever aquariums where they want them to look like they're suspended from the wall and it takes a lot of infrastructure in order to do something like that. So we've gotten a few quotes from that. And then the manufacturer, the actual acrylic boxes is called Titan Aquatic Exhibits. And now that ATM is kind of off the, the television show, Titan, in my opinion, is the best aquarium builder in the world. And they use us as one of their exclusive installers. And we go all over the country installing aquariums. I've, I've been in Omaha, Nebraska. I've been on the beach in San Diego where my wife had to sit at home with the kids. And oh, no, I bet that stunk. Um, we've been all over, you know, the area. <laughs> Carnegie doing Mellon. Carnegie Mellon Institute. Carnegie and, Mellon. and so we've done a lot of installations Um for that manufacturer putting in things and they trust us to do the installation work for them. 
Um, we've been in Nashville, Tennessee, putting in large cylinder aquariums in, inside of car dealerships, 3,500 gallons, you know, plumbed 300 foot underground into a whole room. So there's a lot of things that, wow. you know, our expertise is that we can do just about anything. I mean, I don't shy away from any of the design work. Um, you know, if I don't know the answer, we'll, we'll find it. We'll use engineers. Um, we've got a plethora from cabinet makers to electricians to engineers to, to marine biologists. We were down in the Bahamas earlier, you know, late last year with one of our curators that we know takes care of Baja Mar down there. And we were working with him on sharks. And we have a lot of public contacts. We have a lot of industry contacts. And then we kind of took all of that commercial work that we were used to and known for and we brought it into the store so we could help the average Joe take care of his aquarium at home. So so how many shower ones have you done then? Two. Two. That's me two. two. Okay. And they're both local. And they're both local, believe it or not. Huh. Yeah. Now, is that one accessible from the other side? Or yes. That one yes. But it, it, has has a glass just, it has a glass window on it. Okay. Wow. If you can tell by the, the design around the, and obviously your listeners can't see it, but the design work around it, it's the same home builder for both homes oh, okay. and okay. there's some artistic traits that are very similar amongst the two tanks i think the reason why we were attracted by home builders and the reason why we built the new studio over at 700 kemper commons in tri-county was that we wanted to we wanted to, to bring in interior designers realtors home builders everyone and explain to them that the aquarium process especially the custom aquarium process is not as as it seems on television, and that we can handle it from concept to completion. That's the biggest thing. A lot of builders don't want to do something like this because for them it's a lot more headaches that they have to deal with. Where we can handle it from the cabinet maker, the electrician, to the structural engineer, they don't touch it. So we come in, we do the entire thing, we work with the client, do the fish selections, the whole nine yards, and they get to use that as a flagship picture that they see in their design working on their websites. Yeah. So, you know, that so was like, the hey, you thing. want this color cabinet? Yep. What, mm-hmm. kind, what size fish tank you want? You want yep. one in each kid's room? Mm-hmm. I, did a, I did an aquarium for the gentleman who built our new store. Um, it is, he moved to Indian Hill from Mainville. Um, and... We, there's nothing more stressful than having your custom woodworker come in to do work for somebody who has every contractor under the sun, but wants you to handle everything aquarium related. So we installed it while he was on vacation. They took a couple weeks, they leave every January. Um, and so we put it all in, the cabinet maker finished their job. He had given them a, a rendering ahead of time that they had approved. And the client got back on a Saturday night. I remember very vividly. Um, and that Sunday morning I was on my way to work and I looked down and my phone's ringing and it's the client. And I look at Jeremy and I go, this is going to be really good or it's going to be oh, really yeah. bad. I'm not really sure which it's going to be. He's either going to love or he's going to hate it. And I answered the phone and, and what he said to me was, I have built pretty much everything in the course of my life. He's like, but this might be some of the best woodwork, the best design I have ever seen in my entire life. Wow. Coming from a guy who pretty much built Smale Riverfront Park and a lot of other great things. Yeah. And And he thinks that my woodworker killed it. I was like, yes. We use small business. We we like to use small business and we keep the chain of command short so that nothing gets lost in the details. Um, And, you know, we like, you know, the people that we work with, our circle is small. 
And, you know, kind of like the, what is it, meet the fuckers or whatever. It's kind of the circle is small. And we keep it small because the chain of command, there's nothing that gets lost. And our woodworker knows what's expected of us. Our electrician knows what's expected of us. The structural engineers and the people we design with knows what's expected. And so that way, the end result is, that's my favorite part, right? Like I go in and build these things and I get asked a lot, you know, what is the favorite part you have of this? My favorite part is I've kept a lot of animals over my years, a lot of weird animals from parrots to whatever. My favorite part is is when I unveil that aquarium to that customer and I see that person's face and they stare at it and the joy that's on their face, that's enough for me right there. Yeah. That's it. That's what I do all the long hours for. That's what I go through all the engineering, the late night starts and, and working with this, you know, contractor and that contractor. When I see that I've exceeded their expectations and they're just overwhelmed with joy, that does it for me. That gets me up in the morning and hits my feet on the floor every morning. Because when they see that, that, that thing that just went over the top and Bob, you know, he looked at me and he was like, I never, never would have thought it would look like this. We put a porthole on the back side of it. So authentic, it's from a vintage, vintage porthole. porthole from a ship. So when you opened it up in the hallway, you could stare through the aquarium into the living room. It was kind of cool. So we did a lot of neat wow. stuff that he really wanted a lot of custom work and we, we killed it and he just, he absolutely loved it. So, you know, I, I always tell people that I'm, I couldn't do any of this without my team. I mean, I, I collectively, we have well north of 100 years of experience between all of me and my technicians. We have an on-staff marine biologist. I mean, these guys are the best, and I'll put them up against. I, every time I travel a different city, I go to the, the, the best aquarium stores, and I try and see what they're doing different than maybe what we are. Yeah. And every single time, you know, people say to me, we saw your installations. And I, I, I always tell them, it's not me. It's my team. My team is, I'll put them up against anybody. And I, I mean, I really, really, truly believe that. You're only as good as the people standing behind you. Yeah, and, totally. You know, and that's, they're, they're the best. And I could not have done it without all of them. Because with me doing all the traveling and, and everything else and her doing the ordering and making sure that the planes and all stuff works, it's it's you gotta have a team. Yeah, you really do. There's the portal. Are you guys the only game in town? How many other people are? Uh, that's so cool. Um, How many? No. Are there other companies there are other that companies. do? Yep. I would argue to say none of them will do it like we will. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I tell people, I, you know, a lot of people say to us, you know, I don't want to be the cheapest. I also don't want to be the most expensive. What I tell people is, is you know, do your homework. And, you know, I, I, in this industry, in this trade, we're at the very top. We go to all of the, the, the meetings and the, the things. I really think that there should be some yeah. sort of, like, if you're an electrician, right? Your electrician comes in and he goes to wire this light up. He's got to have a, a, he's got to have a license. You know what I mean? If he doesn't have a license, set the place on fire. So your plumber has to have the same thing. A guy like me coming into your home, some of these homes, two, three, four, five million dollars, is putting in an 800 gallon box of water. If you Which is not don't light. think no. water can make a mess, <laughs> take a gallon of water and pour oh, yeah. it on your floor. Now, yeah. imagine that 800 times more. That's what I don't understand is, you know, a lot of people are saying, hey, I can design aquariums. Hey, I know what I'm doing. Um, my challenge to everyone who might be in the market for a custom design aquarium is to do your homework. Make sure that they build systems that are successful long term. Ask to talk to their clients who've been a client for four, five, six, seven years. Find out that, you know, how were they taken care of when there was a problem? Because I tell my clients, you know, all of my store employees know is is you find out a lot about a business when there is a problem. And there is always going to be problems. We're dealing with live animals in a box here. You're trying to control Mother Nature. And as you know, Mother Nature, 
doesn't like to be controlled, okay? <laughs> so, and how does she teach you those lessons? With your wallet. So the best thing to do is, is interview that company, talk to them, ask if you can speak to some of their clients, give, you say, can you give me three of the clients that wouldn't mind being contacted? Long-term clients, not somebody you just set an aquarium up six months ago. I wanna hear about the guy that's been with you five, six, seven, eight years. And, and sit down and talk to them because you're making a major investment. Some of these things cost as much as a really nice foreign car, you know? Yeah. And, and you're, you're putting it in your house. Ask questions. Don't just assume they know what they're doing. And that's why I've always said in this industry, I really, really, really think we need to have some form of governing body, just like an electrician has to have a license, just like a plumber has to have a license, you know, so that these you have people, a license to cut hair, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you have to have a license but to cut hair. you don't have to to put 800 gallons of water in somebody's in home. In somebody's home. Think about I that. I mean, the weight alone, like if you put it on the wrong floor, it could fall. Absolutely. Your Absolutely. House could support zoning rules that fall? No, no. No, because wow. here's, a, here's, Nothing here's the thing. Nothing regulates our industry. None wow. of the plumbing goes into the main system, so therefore I don't have to be a licensed plumber. So oh, a lot of times when inspectors will come in and I'll run plumbing line into homes, because it's not going to a toilet, a faucet, a drain, it's going to my aquarium, I'm not abided by the same laws or rules that a plumber has to have. Now, oftentimes inspectors will come in and look at me and they go, where did you get your license at? And I'll smile and I'll say, I don't have one. And they go, your plumbing looks better than the plumber did this whole house. And I'll smile. <laughs> we're not subject to inspections either. So we're not Even when we to... run our plumbing in yeah. brand new homes that are like in the, you know, in the sticks phases, when we get in there and run plumbing, it's not inspected. Doesn't that sound crazy? Wow. So I, I challenge everybody who, who is in the market for Careful what you wish for. Yeah, do <laughs> your homework. Because if, if drains are undersized in the aquarium, if the holes aren't drilled big enough, if your aquarium doesn't have some of the big fish tanks have to have holes poked in the bottom to get flow to the bottom of them. You know, when I sit down and I do this at my table and I'm crunching numbers and my calculator is going, I do this from experience. I do this by the numbers. I do this because there's a certain amount of flow and, and calculation that you have to have when you build these big aquariums. We just don't pick this out and go, I think that'll work. You know, if you're doing this correctly, you should be doing the calculations. You should be paying attention to what you're doing. And these people are spending all this money. The worst thing I have to do is when a customer comes to me after they've been with another service company and they say to me, and I've had this happen many times, my aquarium, everything dies in it. It looks terrible. I've spent a lot of money on this. What is it going to take to fix it? That is the worst thing I have to deal with, man. I have to sit there and say, we have to gut this. And you need to not maybe spend a nice foreign car, but we're going to get up to a domestic. It's going to have all the options, right? Wow. And, and, and that's the worst thing I have to do. And, and, and I don't like doing it. And, and, and so when we go and we talk to them about it, it's a big issue. You know, it really is. So, I mean, um, do your homework. That's the biggest thing about it. Do your homework. That was a long-winded way of telling people to do their homework. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> no, but if you, you we talk got about time. We got nothing but time. Exactly. You talk about water making a mess. My daughter upstairs one time, she had a loofah over the, uh, the spigot of the tub, oh. and just enough water came off of it that it went down. Uh, and then, of course, our bathroom was mm-hmm. crappily designed. It went through the tiles, came into the downstairs. Yep. Bathroom. Oh, my goodness. Didn't do a lot of damage, but, I mean, you know, Jay Armstrong helped me fix it, by the way. Yeah. Shout out to Jay Armstrong. Yeah. Yeah. I've successfully um, overflowed my second floor water. that was only, that prop, that couldn't have been even <laughs> half a gallon of water that made it yeah. down. So, and you saw how much damage exactly, that did. Exactly. Imagine it permanent, but if, yeah, it had yeah. been any more, yeah, it would have brought Oh, it's catastrophic. Down. I mean, yeah. you, you, yeah, yeah. you have to move your family out. You have to call restoration. They have to gut it all the way to the studs. 
Um, it, it's a it's a mess, and and that's just, it goes for the same thing of people building aquariums. You know, uh, we we get this a lot. Do you build your own fish tanks? No, no, absolutely not. I no. do not want the liability because I go to I go to bed every night knowing that every aquarium that I put in is built by the best aquarium manufacturer in the world. And then if your kid's standing next to it, if that blows out, it won't kill your kid. And so that's how I go to bed at night. There are some people that may manufacture aquariums themselves. Maybe your local aquarium store or your, or your, your local fish guy makes his own tanks. Um, they might be cheaper, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to flood your house. I'm not putting your kids in danger because I'm telling you something. You get into the four, five, six, seven, eight hundred gallon on up thing. We're no longer talking about a mess. We're talking about if it lets loose, it could kill someone. So you got to really. No, that happens like the whole, like the whole, like, like how's that happen? We've sold two this year. Yeah, we've sold two they this did year. Not catastrophic failure. This catastrophic yes. failure. Whoa! Yeah. One of the tanks was determined by a structural engineer to have over thirty-seven hundred psi on the joint. I know that sounds like a bunch of random numbers. The Army Corps of Engineers states that the standard, the acceptable level, is seven hundred and fifty psi, and if you exceed that, you should be ex- be building thicker. Acrylic or glass. So when it lets We saw okay. one fail that had 3,700 psi on the joint. How many gallons? 1,200. Wow. It's catastrophic. It ruined, it ruined the house. I mean, we it, caught. Wow. Well, I was referring to the other one, but um, we we caught one. We were able to stop it and drain it. And as we got uh, the last inch of water out of it, it split with me standing in it. The bottom split in it. I mean, it wouldn't have made it 24 more hours. Yeah. And it was in a public my, place. It would have... Now I'm decimated. scared about oh my tank. Now, <laughs> now, because the small tanks aren't like that. There's there's always a factor that causes that. It doesn't... You People ask me, does it happen? Yeah, it happens. But that's why, like, you know, when I, when I spec a large tank for someone, I tell them the thickness of the material because it's probably going to be more expensive than somebody else. But it's more expensive because it's thicker material. And that thicker material is because... We're watching the PSI on all the joints. Yeah, it's been ran through an engineering program, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sign my name to something that may blow out in your house. Not even 15 years later. Yeah. It's like a Star Trek four when they try to figure out how how much acrylic they're gonna need to hold these whales. There you go. This Klingon warship. It, 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 yeah. Same oh, wow. thing. Oh, cool. It's it's. It's PSI. So you could just do a whale tank and click on a warship. <laughs> yeah, Scott, You're going to have to pick you up the phone and call Newport for that one. That's a little I mean, outside could, of could you imagine? Could you imagine Newport, right? I mean, th- this is on a larger scale. But could you imagine Reynolds Polymer, who does the majority of all public aquariums, coming in saying, you know, that window needs to be eight inches thick. And Newport's like, yeah, that's a lot of money. Could you just build it out of six? No. Because yeah. it could yeah. fail. Yeah. yeah. And, and so you, you, the engineers eight have their... Eight inches thick. Yeah, I mean, like, oh, there's there's the, 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 the main, oh, yeah, absolutely. The main whale tank uh, for the Georgia Aquarium, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say it's close to two feet thick. Yeah. And you can see through it. Yeah. You can see through it. <laughs> Acrylic. It's, yeah. it's, it's clear as can be. Yeah, it's optically cleared 98% or something like that, and glass hmm. is around 87 and some change, somewhere around there like that. That's unreal. So, yeah, I mean, that's, it, it, we, I just tell people, do your homework. I mean, you're going to come in, you're going to get a quote from me. I'm going to educate you and explain to you what exactly you're getting for your money. And then, you know, a lot of times, you know, you can go cheaper on a lot of things. You can buy a cheaper car. It gets you from point A to point B. It might not be in the same style. But we're not talking about cars here. We're talking about eight, five hundred, six hundred, a lot, a lot of gallons of water and a lot of money being spent yeah. inside your home, right? And so, you know, we always say that to people. You know, we, we try and bring them in and get them to educate. That's the big thing. So, so someone puts a aquarium in their shower or a big eight hundred gallon tank in their living room. What next? How do they? Does some? Is it like? 
like how uh, how, like how you're a pool guy, but you have this, this your fish guy, and he comes and takes yeah, care of it. We maintain them. So are they even allowed uh, to touch them? Every is that like a yeah. warranty? We're like you don't. No, you don't we want actually to? have a very. Um, that's something that also is is a little bit different. We have a very specific service contract that oh. dictates how the client handles their tank. Obviously, we're you know if it's a if you hire me, you know you have five years experience, and you want me to come in and do the maintenance aspect of it. Your hands-off or hands-on ability is a little bit different than something that's eight, 900 gallons, you know, that we've installed. But we do prefer, we'd rather make extra visits than have them doing stuff with it. Yeah. Um, you know, we ask them, if, you know, if something looks right at midnight, please send us a text message. And that's, you a know? Neat, that's the neat part about this business. You know, you, you end up becoming part of their family. You're going mm-hmm. into their personal space, their home. You know, I've taught, uh, I pitched in high school and in college, and I've taught, you know, some of my clients' kids pitching lessons. Or, you know, sometimes you go in and they're on vacation and the toilet's been running for three days. Or, you know, something and you fix that. I mean, you, you have a very unique relationship with these people. They become your family. And, and, you know, you, you run business through them. You, you ask them for advice if they're, they own businesses. I mean, they become, I mean, they are, they're like family. And we really, really, truly believe that as a business. And, and, you know, we bounce ideas off of them all the time. And, and, uh, and, and that's why we enjoy the service aspect of it. You know, really. Man. But as a, as a hobbyist though, I'm like, I'm in my tank arms deep three, four times a week, probably. Yeah. Like, I can imagine just sitting it up you know just to look at it like like to me it's an interactive thing and i'm we always have, changing this and changing that and, oh it's fine for now but man what if i just ripped this plant out today and threw it away and put something else there just sure. we have some know. of our customers that like to tinker yeah you know we have to set boundaries but we yeah. have some of them that have you know have been the primary caretaker for their aquarium for many years but now maybe life is busier or something's happened medically or you know they've hurt their back or you know, things like that. And they do still like to tinker and to play with it. You know, some of our customers choose to come in and pick out their livestock in the store. They come in and meet with one of the, you know, salespeople or service techs in the store, pick out their animals. And sometimes they take them home and add them. Sometimes we take them at their next visit. You know, we, it's, everything's custom tailored. Every, every aquarium setup really is, is custom. Even when it's stock equipment, it's still custom because we make sure that you have the equipment that fits what your long-term goals are. So, you know, every system is custom tailored to your. Yeah, even on a system goal. like yours, I mean, you know, I know you said you bought your second hand, but you know, our philosophy in the store is, is this stuff is too expensive to buy too expensive twice. To buy twice, right? Like we don't want yeah. you buying things twice. So we recommend equipment that we've tested in the field on the you know two hundred plus you know tanks that we maintain a month. We we have used it for a multitude of years. Chemicals, any it goes for chemicals or anything, and we test it, and then we say okay. We know the odds and outs of this this equipment, and when customers come in the store, we would design that fish tank how we would want to maintain it long term. So you know, a lot of times they go, "Well, I can you know, maybe I can buy this cheaper on Amazon." Well, the answer is yeah, but you're going to buy three of them, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So that's that's where you're at. So I mean, that's that's she's right. Everything's custom tailored. It might be off the the shelf. But we've selected that item because we know it works and we know it works long term because I don't want you coming in here and failing. Because, you know, we've told all of our staff and we truly believe this. If you're successful with a 30-gallon box, you're going to buy a 90-gallon box, as you've seen. And if you buy a 90-gallon box... And you're going to buy a 125 box. And I guarantee you that now you're getting a little cocky with this one. Oh, yeah. And you're starting to be like, <laughs> I you want know another what? one. <laughs> I could do a 300. I'm going to step away from a fish room. Right. Uh, but yeah. I have a wife. And right. She's and not going to have it. Correct. And and so, so 
it does me no good if I just sell you something off the shelf and get you out of my face and then you're not successful and you're out of the hobby in six months. It does me no good. It does you no good. You've wasted time and money and we lose a customer. So we really, really, really walk people through those steps. We, we make sure they're successful. They follow the information and we, we back them up with the knowledge and the support in order to take care of their tanks so that, that way they're a customer long term. That, that way they're part of our family, as we call it. And so that's a big thing for us. Can I get a shark tank? You can. I have a twenty-two hundred, and sale. I have a twenty-two hundred gallon that my wife it's perfect would for sharks. Love to because, sell. Uh, I know. Uh, we were speaking a podcast earlier. Uh, I, I'm friendly with a guy in California. The comedian has a big podcast, and he was just mentioned in passing on his show that he did a comedy show. He was hired to do his party, and it, he did it in front of a shark tank. Uh, then this magician guy that was on the bill, the miner, read him later and said, was that true? Did you get? And he goes, absolutely true. This mansion has a shark tank in it, and we perform a comedy show in front of it, and I did my magic, and then, yeah, it was really weird, but yeah. <laughs> so sharks, yeah, sharks are an interesting individual. They, a lot of people think that um, they're this big, mean, you know, just nasty animal, and the reality is, is that sharks are very delicate and that uh, you can't house them with a lot of animals. You know, they have coverings on their eyes that can get picked at and get infected yeah. and they can die, so you can't house them with things like angels and puffers and, and triggers and all that. And a lot of times it's sharks and stingrays and, you know, a lot of things like, um, you know, skipjacks or lookdowns, things like that. So sharks are very rare in that regard. They need a high oxygen level content. Of course, they need a lot of water. And room say, how much room do they need? It depends oh, wow. on the shark a lot say. a lot and, and and they need a lot of infrastructure behind the scenes they need a lot of you know pieces of equipment to remove that waste they're messy 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 eaters Ugh. um and they they lower the, the dissolved oxygen in the water so the answer is yes um now you can do smaller sharks they call them the lay down sharks and my wife seems to be like a one of the sharks that are out there is called an epaulette um, and we call her the Epaulette Whisperer because she really, really likes them and used to mess with them and train with them in some of the accounts that we've had. So Epaulette sharks, some of the smaller lay-down sharks, coral cats, things like that you can put in a three or 400-gallon. Small fishing. stingrays. Small stingrays. Yeah. Hmm. There's yep. freshwater stingrays, too. There are. Matoros there are. They're gorgeous. gorgeous. Yes. That's wild. The uh, the Ooh. guy I first bought discus from, I went up to Columbus mm-hmm. and, you know, went and... This guy could have been Buffalo Bill and I'd have been yelling for someone to put the lotion in the basket in 20 minutes for all I knew. <laughs> but I went down this guy's basement and picked out these beautiful fish and he had a whole tank of uh, stingrays. I was like, mm-hmm. what the heck? You know, he's like, yeah, they're fresh water. He's breeding yeah. them and this and that. And I look online, he's selling them for like uh, 1200 bucks and Oh, yeah, big money. It was like three months later. He's like, screw the discus. And that's all he's selling now is a stingrays. Yeah. Because if you can get oh, him to have yeah. pups like that, you can crank them out. So, per- perspective, because um, I know once you get up to these big number, high number tanks, it's kind of hard to picture how much room that is. A 10 by 10 bedroom would hold how many gallons of water, you reckon? Well, let's do a little bit of math here. Oh, so we're going to give you a little calculation. 10 by 10 so I can picture like a tank you have, like my father in law had, but once we get into the high number, I'm kind of like, well, how big actually is that? Well, let's uh, get a little math here. So you do length times width times height, okay. right? So if you had a 10 by 10 bedroom and yeah. the ceilings were 10 feet tall and you yes. filled it full of water, it's 7,400 gallons of water. Okay. Okay. Excellent for perspective. So All right. what you would do is if you were doing, say, sharks, for instance, yeah. you would do about 120 inches long. 36 inches deep, but you'd only go about 30 inches tall because they typically stay down towards the bottom, depending on your type of sharks. Yeah, Stingrays yeah. as well. So you want that that larger footprint, that wider footprint, and you don't need that height. Uh, okay. So then you wind up in you know the 450-ish range. Okay. 
480, 450. Wow. But yeah, take yep. your length times your, your height and, and, and your width, and then you take that number and you divide it by 231. That'll give you approximate gallons. Oh, okay. Volume. There you go. Yep. Try that at home. Math. <laughs> math. There you go. Man. Yes, Not you guys are the math. Core math. <laughs> oh, math, chemistry. Science, all yeah. the. That's the thing. It's like, man, I still get on these forums. It's intimidating as hell listening to people talk. It, of course, everyone knows the answer. Everyone, and everyone. they want to make you feel like a everyone piece of crap because. <laughs> Well, you know, usually I am the idiot that's, uh, you know, making a weird suggestion or uh, anyway. But, um, but yeah, it's it's not an easy hobby. The plant names. Can we just name plants something like easy to remember? Yeah. I'm cool with Amazon Swords, but all these uh, uh, Latin names. Well, you, you mean yeah. it's ridiculous. You, you, you can't tell the difference between Altalanthra Renicki variegated and Altalanthra Renicki green. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Jungle Val I can handle, but yeah, the. Dwarf Sagittarius, blah, blah, corkscrew, whatever. <laughs> right. And it's that, for marketing, I think the the, the industry needs to come up with names. We have Latin names and common names, or scientific names and common names. Unfortunately, the common because names. people like to change the common names, they'll get something to morph just ever so slightly. Oh. They'll change the common name and charge a premium. But the scientific name doesn't change unless it's determined to be a new species. So the scientific name actually protects the consumer a little bit more. Right. When you go to order. As much of a pain as it is. It's a little more protection for you. And when you go to order it, you know, you're looking at these lists. And, I mean, you know, you've got, you know, your fish and your coral and you've got your plants and your freshwater. And so when you're going to order it, it has to be very specific because they pulled CITES permits to sometimes bring this in from other countries. And so, you know, they're always going to stick with that name because if they're ever inspected, you know, it better be what says on that society's permit or they're in trouble. Uh. So it's going to be very difficult, I think, you'll ever see to see something like that change. Now, you do see in the coral industry, a lot of these guys will get one-off pieces of coral. Um, they'll cut them up. They and give it a name and they, they charge give it an just insane amount, amount of, money. of money. We've seen thousands and thousands of dollars paid for one-inch pieces of coral. Hmm. Um, and it, it becomes almost like buying the, you know, the Jordan Retro 3s, you know, or something. Yeah. I'm not a shoe guy. But, you know, those, those kinds of things where people put their name on it and you see that often happen a lot. I and mean, they give it weird names, you know, you wouldn't believe some of the stuff I've heard. Hey. I get customers that ask me sometimes, does this coral have a name? And I'll look at them and I'll be like, no, or it might. I can go give it a name and I'll charge you double for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just become a joke within the industry. They give these things. Why don't you? They name them weird, crazy things and charge a ton of money. And discus are the same way. I'm yep. sure that there's probably somebody out there breeding some weird morph of a discus. Oh, yeah. And they're putting their name on it and they're charging some ungodly amount of money because it looks a little different than the rest of them. Yeah, just small little variations. Uh, and those can change though when you change an animal's environment or yeah. a coral's environment, or oh, yeah. lighting, or their food, mm-hmm. that can change. So that way you pay more money for it doesn't always mean it's going to stay. Absolutely. That's nuts. So you guys are mainly dealing with saltwater. You say you're trying to get in more into freshwater or is it kind of No, uh, we do we do a lot of freshwater installs. We've done um we just did a cool one for the the guys down on the banks, Fishbowl Bar. They've got a neat little discus tank yeah, behind their really? bar. Yeah, really? Yeah. They have a discus tank behind the bar that we did in September. But um, we did the, the our prior store retail location only catered to saltwater. The new store caters to freshwater, the live plants, the hardscape materials, all that stuff in addition to the saltwater, plus all the fish. But as far as the design and installation side, we've always done – I mean. 
a lot of people want a saltwater install because they don't know how to do it themselves. But we do a lot of freshwater. A lot of businesses, freshwater is a little bit more conducive yeah. to the environment. Um, Cheaper to maintain. Offices, um, dentists. We have a really of... cool leasing program where office professional office spaces or commercial businesses can lease an aquarium as opposed to having to pay for the whole thing up front. And it's all inclusive fish, livestock, decorations, setup. And maintenance. And the best part about it is at the end of the lease, instead of us taking the aquarium back, you own it. You own it. I don't want it. It's yours. Nice. So that's that's the big thing with us. I mean, we started leasing programs big on the east and west coast, but it hasn't been done here locally. And that's that's really taken off. A lot of people love that. What if they don't want it? Like if they're moving. We can take it out. We can take it out. They have a buyout option. It's a dollar at the end of the lease. They either pay the dollar and keep the tank and their, their lease payment switches to just a maintenance fee. Or they could opt to do something else. I have a lady, um, the dentist's office in Norwood, who she loved the tank so much, she wants to now lease a larger one. So okay. she no longer wants the smaller one. She wants a bigger one. Actually, wow. that's a smaller one moved to her house. Yeah, she wants, she wants to keep the smaller one, yeah. but she wants a bigger yeah, one for the office She's going to get her own fish tank room soon. <laughs> yeah, dentist's yeah. offices, doctor's offices. I put them in tattoo shops. You know, one of my favorite ones that I take care of and... And I, it's it's my favorite one. It's kind of close to my heart. Is we, we've done University of Kentucky Children's Medical Center, and we've done specifically their cancer clinic. Their cancer clinic. And um, you know, it was something near and dear to our heart because you know kids with cancer, and nothing worse than that. Uh. You know, and uh, you know, one of my technicians, he's kind of a gruff guy. It, it really gets to him. You know, he goes down there, see and the he's kids ringing the bell. You see the kids ringing the bell at the end of chemo. Um, and he said to me the other day, he said, you know, there's this one girl that didn't talk much she was very mentally handicapped and they would walk her down and they parade her in front of the aquarium and she would start talking and he said they tell me these stories and he goes i finally got to meet her and get to see her and and you know you see this gruff guy single he's in his late 30s you know he's partying like a rock star and it really gets to him you know that was the completed project and so you know that one right there is that one right there is special because when I get to see what kind of smiles it puts in those kids' face when I go down there momentarily, you know, they're getting hooked up to all these machines. Yeah. That one right there. Yeah. You just get lost in and, it. And it really calms them down before they're getting ready to go back and get chemo. The nurses and all that, they tell us something. Man, it really calms these kids. That's why dentists uh, traditionally always mm-hmm. had them. Was the yep. big, that goes back to the 70s and 80s, I heard. Is yeah. They have them because it calms you down. It absolutely does. I mean, who, who wants to go? To, I'd rather I'd rather go to the dentist's office. Uh, I don't think I'd, I'd rather get tattoos or... Hell, even the proctologist for it. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's yeah. that's that's the thing. So, I mean, for me, you know, I, I think they, they have a large health benefit. And, you know, like, you know, you guys run a business. You know how stressful it is. He can go home. Darren can go home, and he can play around with his fish tank. And for an hour or two, he can zone out. He can tune out. He can play with his tank. And that's good therapy, right? Yeah. You're, you're inundated with computers and cell phones and everything i got laying on this desk here. But just for an hour or two, you can zone out. You can de-stress, play with your fish tank, and that's what you do to do that. And I have a lot of doctors who do that, big-time doctors in the city. Who is underneath more stress than some of these doctors? And, and lawyers, I mean, we have all kinds of physicians. I mean, you name it, people that have these things, that can they use it as a de-stress tool. And it really, really, really helps in the, in the digital age where we're always connected. You know what I mean? We're always connected. Yeah. You know, whether it's a TV on or a laptop or a cell phone or an iPad, we're always connected. So for... Just an hour, you can tune out. Like you said, I like sticking my hands in this thing. Why would I have somebody's service? Yeah. yeah. I don't put my, my my tank isn't on a timer. The lights aren't just yeah. because I like, you know what? That makes me go down every night and 
Keep have about five minutes and I just turn them off. Turn them off. And, you know, every now and then I'll forget. And, yeah, then I'll get some algae. But, oh, now I got a new project. <laughs> yeah. I'm back in there. Got to get in there scrub. Got to do two more water changes. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. what uh, So what about tips, like, for uh, for a guy like me when, uh, you know, you read stuff on online and, uh, you know, oh, if you have goldfish, you got to do daily water changes or, like, the discus or, but then, oh, oh well, no, you can't do those water changes. That screws up your bacteria levels and this and that. And then you're all out of whack. Like, how do you find that the happy medium? Is it is it just really like whatever you think works, or you think there is like do you guys have uh, set guidelines of this happens this day, this happens this day? You add your uh, fertilizers on this day, or we're anti fertilizers now. We don't do that, or you need this for the substrate. I don't know. Every it, it kind of goes back to that whole custom tailored aspect, and as somebody who's been around the retail side of it for almost twenty years, um, I wish I could tell you there's an exact plan. Um, there's an exact, you know, <laughs> I haven't heard of you. let me create a brochure for you and tell you exactly what to do with it. But the problem is, is you can't because it's science, it's chemistry, it's temperature, it's all kinds of stuff. There's, you know, your filter may stop working for a day or you may not have enough room for bacteria in one filter. So now it's, it's a, it's a process. It's the nitrogen cycle. Like you mentioned the whole, the levels that nobody told you anything about. Yeah. You know, there is that there's ways to get through that quicker. There's ways to seed the tank with bacteria, but it's still your journey. It's still your tank. It's your process. It's your journey. And we're there to hear about what's going on to maybe check the water, you know, to back up your test results or to answer questions. Um, but one of the biggest changes that is come to the forefront of the hobby is basically the equivalent of an Alexa for your fish tank. There are remote monitoring devices that are smart. They, um, they monitor your tank. They monitor levels like pH, temperature. If you have salt water, they do the salinity um, and also the oxygen reduction of property, ORP. Um, but they are programmable to turn your lights on and off. They can do things like... Um, if you, so your discus, they like the tank warm. Discus prefer warmer water. 84-ish yeah. is fine. But this controller is set up to where you tell it, say, you know, if temp is over 85, turn off lights. If temp is over 85, turn off lights, turn on fan. And so it can do this for you. Meanwhile, it's throwing alerts to your cell phone, your email, your text messages, however you choose to do it. <laughs> and it's saying, hey, you got a problem, buddy? Like, fix your problem, but here's the steps I took in the in the process. So wow. it's telling you, your tank's too hot. Maybe your heater's, you know, going bad. It can de-energize the actual plug to the heater. So you don't need to rely on that controller to set the proper temperature. The plug actually energizes and turns off. So it's saying, hey, your tank's too warm. I've turned off your lights. I've turned off your heater. You know, I've turned on this fan if you have a fan put, plugged into it, you know, but hey, you need to go figure out what's wrong. So it kind of gives you a heads up and that goes a long way to, you know, to making people more successful as well. Requires a little bit of programming. We provide, you know, programming support, things like that. Um, but that's kind of one of the biggest innovations in, in wow. I tell a lot of people to stay in the last 10 years. What about auto water changers? Yep. We do those. Yeah, we do this. That, that same typical? smart controller can do auto water changes for you. It uses Man. a paralytic dosing pump to remove water and re-add water. Um, on a store like ours, though, we actually are using an irrigation style system that Jeremy's son, who's 
um, in college for grass and turf management, designed for us and implemented. Oh, nice. He ran in a complete irrigation type system through the back of our, our fish tank. So, me, you know, multiple times through the day, it turns on, it spits in 10 gallons of water, and then it turns off. And then it comes on later on in the day again, and it spits in another 10 gallons, and it does it every single day. So it's constantly doing some water changes for you, and that can be done on a home level using these smart controllers. Wow. One of the biggest things is I tell people is I'm sure that, you know, you may fight this in business is, is, is stay off the internet. And I'm going to tell you why, because <laughs> the person that's giving you that advice on that forum has maybe one, maybe two fish tank examples that they've maybe done in their entire life. Form a relationship, whether it's in Cincinnati or if it's in Phoenix or if it's in Houston, form a relationship with your local store, talk to them. And use them as guidance. That's what we're here for. You know, come to us and say, this is what I'm seeing wrong. What would you guys do? And the reason for that is, is because if they're a good store and they have a lot of maintenance accounts, they have many, many years experience of trying this method, trying that method, trying this product, trying that hardware. They have all these things. Instead of that guy that's on there going, you know, well, I did this for my tank. You just do this and do it. And I mean, it costs my customers a lot of money, a lot of time, and kills a lot of animals because, you know, they've read this thing at 3 o'clock in the morning, and this guy, you know, he's some grand poobah. It's just like we're all WebMD. We're all doctors because we got on WebMD, right? Yeah, of course. So, you know, doctors hate that too. Not that I'm a doctor, but my wife does have a aquarium doctor and a license plate. But at the end of the day... You know, use people that have the experience, right? Like this guy's got maybe one or two, you know, tanks he's got, he's ran over time, and he's given you experience like he's some, you know, you know, grand It's hard to decipher the, the people who are out there on the internet, like the good ones from the bad ones. It's, it's really tough because there are, I mean, there's a couple guys, you know, from the saltwater realm. There's a guy out of Texas. He's well known for his ability to identify weird critters. Um, like pest things that sometimes come out of the ocean. He is, and pretty much everything he says, I end up agreeing with. But how many bad bloggers do you get through before you find the good one? Yeah. How many mistakes do you make? You know, it's it's tricky. Oh, you know, people sure. come in and they ask me all the time. I had a guy the other day, wants this brand new pump that's being released. And I'm like, are you sure? He's like, well, yeah, it's it's going to be the great latest and greatest. I'm like, but it's not out yet. None of the bugs are worked out. None of the kinks are worked out. It's probably been beta tested by... 40 people, you know, maybe wait six months and then try that product. Let them get a couple versions under their belt. Let them find the problems or the warranty issues. Get all that stuff, you know, figured out before you spend the money on it also. Absolutely. You know, but unfortunately, some of these, not to knock paid sponsors, but some of these people are paid by certain products to only pump those products. And that product may not be the best product for you. It's just the product that they're being paid to recommend. I don't have any of those. One of the questions, don't have any one of those. the questions I wasn't sure you were going to ask me is: I hear this all the time. It comes in the store. Are marine or saltwater aquariums difficult to do? Right? I'm afraid of them. Why? It's easier than Just with all the automation I stuff have. now. It's easy. Yeah. It's so I'm curious. I'm curious. I love to hear every single time I ask people, and I go, "Why?" And they they'll give me an answer like, you know. Well, you know, you got to do all this and you got to do all that. And I'll look at their tank and I'm like, dude, you got discus and plants. Like, <laughs> that's harder yeah. than saltwater. Okay. I'm going to be straight up and honest with you. It is harder than saltwater. And, and so well, there's some intimidating about saltwater. But how do you? But I, I, don't, so, I honestly don't really know what all goes into a saltwater so let's, tank. But let's, let me go back and challenge you on this. So on your tank, how do you know how much CO2 to add? Uh, I don't know. 
See? I just have a, I, I but just see, have a on, little on bubbler salt, and I but, keep it open. But like on salt water, I have probes and testing materials. And the, the correct answer would be your pH. You would be using yeah. your pH to dictate how much CO2 you add. Okay. But there are devices to help you monitor this, to do that testing. The probes of these smart controllers tell you. And you can even do it on your planet tank. You know, And then you can energize and de-energize your CO2 system by your pH probe. But, wow. but that's just as complex because your yeah. live plants rely on proper CO2 levels, proper pH, proper temperature, proper fertilizers. And you're doing it by the seat of your pants. Oh, totally. I at least Which have is pretty stuff. impressive. Now that I know you're not even monitoring the pH, that's but, really uh, impressive. But in the saltwater realm, we have stuff to tell us all that. So you actually are doing something that, that might be harder. It does, does but, but you're doing it without it. Yeah. You're doing it the harder way. So for you, a saltwater tank would be easy as long as you have the right material. Yeah, easy doesn't sound fun. I need to have you guys do me. A, I need to have you guys do me a shirt that says we're here to take the mystery out of marine. I mean, because that's really go. what oh, this is. Oh, that's kind of cool. That's yeah. really what this is. I mean, you know, oh, I've got man. people that came into my old store, right, and they would walk in and they would say, "Oh, you guys don't have fresh water." And Tori, my marine biologist, would say, no, but we can teach you how to do a saltwater tank. Like, they just wanted a fish tank. They didn't care what it was. They, they knew that yeah. saltwater had been harder. Fresh they, water comes out of the tap. They walk out, <laughs> and they have, a, they have a marine tank, and they just absolutely love it. And I, I can't tell you how many customers have stopped me in the store and say, I have a marine tank because of her or because of Jennifer, because they walked me through. I did everything they said to do, and I was successful. That. To me, as a store owner, that's that's gold. Like yeah, I can't my even. My father-in-law's was saltwater. Yeah, I know that because he had clownfish, and he mm -hmm. also had mm -hmm. um. He would get when he went down to the Keys in the summer. He would get specimens from the ocean. Ooh, don't say that. On, can we cover that? Up? He's he's uh, he, he passed away a few years. ago. All right, you're good. You're good. You're good. Because so, uh, yeah, they got the feds the, got him. The, the, yeah, the, the feds got him. There actually was a store owner in Ohio that got caught yeah. harvesting stuff from a protected area. And yes, it was, so it's they they take it very very serious in Florida. Yeah. Wow. Very serious. So all marine fish are straight out of the ocean. There's, no, there's. Readily available in the retail store, there's, oh, 15, 20 species that are 100% captive bred. There are other species they are captive breeding now, but the price points haven't made it to a level for the um, average consumer. Um, but they have managed to breed more than that. Um, but a lot of your larger fish um, are still wild caught sustainably. Like a lot of stuff comes from Hawaii and there are incredible guidelines in place, you know. There's people worry about the um, the sustainability aspect of that or taking fish out of the ocean. What they don't realize is n 900 times more fish, uh, saltwater ornamental fish, are lost to the commercial fishing trade when they get caught up in the nets than ever pulled out for our hobby. Um, but things like there, I want to. There's I don't want to quote a statistic because I can't. I'd have to double check it. But like in Hawaii, there's you know millions of yellow tangs bubbles from the nemo movie if yeah, you know reference, yeah. um that are pulled out because they're caught in commercial fishing nets that have nothing to do with our trade so they are they are still wild caught they're done sustainably it is all monitored everything that comes in from overseas comes in with permits everything that comes out of hawaii they do studies every year they check it all so it's done very carefully um but, you know, and, and in areas where they stopped collecting, there was a, a thing in Hawaii for a while where they stopped collecting from certain areas. They're actually having issues with some of the reefs because they've become um, overrun with fish as opposed to, you know, that actually because they breed so readily in yeah. the ocean. 
But yeah, a lot of them are still wild caught. The clownfish are the ones that they're all pretty much all they're they're captive yeah they're taking clownfish now and they're they're this is the thing where I always say that man shouldn't screw with nature, <laughs> and they're crossing them with different colors and they're coming out um, with just some of these wild colors you would never see and patterns and Crazy patterns. patterns and I mean some of them are getting to the huh. point where it's actually changing the fin structure on the animal. There's clownfish that look like goldfish now. And it's, it, it, to me, it's creepy. I might be one of the purists, like, because I'm a baseball yeah. guy. So for me, you know, I'm the purist. Right. Like, give me the regular oscillators. Injecting them with dyes. And, and yeah, and all this stuff. And I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm going, can you just leave it alone? Could you just not screw this up for once, you know? And so I'm not a big, you know, a lot of, a lot of people come in and they order the ornamental clownfish. And, and, and it's awesome because it's being bred you know, in captivity. So I support that. But, you know, you get to a point where it's like, when is enough enough? Do we need an old white clownfish? Because that does not happen in the wild. Do we need to have, stor- they got stormtrooper clownfish that look like they got the stormtrooper helmet on. Whoa, um, I mean, see? we've got now all this, yeah, they got <laughs> all this wild stuff. Josh needs that. Yeah, so, I mean, if you're a big Star Wars, I mean, they got names from Star Wars. But, I mean, Marine is not difficult. These girls and my staff have so much experience that they can walk you through it and if you're doing discus now i mean and you're not even monitoring and it looks like that that's as hard if not harder in saltwater it's just a different set of parameters and, and when it comes to the, the coral situation which most people want to step into the coral situation you know now they're making automation equipment now that is basically testing your aquarium for you and reporting the results you don't have to do any testing so it, every year we see advancements going up and you know, the big thing to remember here is is that we've been keeping dogs since, you know, what, the time of pharaohs, right? They've had dogs. You see them in the little drawings and all. We've been keeping fish successful, I would argue, since John G. Shedd set up the Shedd Aquarium in Chicago in the 30s. And I don't know if you would call them successful. And really in the home only since the 70s. Yeah, so we're, we know more about the moon than we know about the ocean right now. Yeah. So, you know, 100, 200, 300, 400 years from now, people are going to look at us and like, these idiots were doing this. <laughs> so, so I mean, we, we can we can diagnose and, and operate on dogs with cancer and everything else. So, so when people come in and say, you know what happened to my fish? I got a good idea, but I don't have an absolute. You know, so I mean, till our on staff biologist cuts it open, <laughs> and then she cuts it open, and then she. I called opened. the vet about a fish once. They thought I was stupid. They're like, nah, we don't. It depends on your vet. We we actually <laughs> we work with a, a vet We have a very good vet in town. Is highly recommended, and he is a big fish guy, and he absolutely knows a lot about it. And wow. so Tori is able to side scrape. She's able to look into these fish and tell us, you know, what they have. I mean, and it's, it's, it's quite interesting when she goes and opens up the books and says, Hey, it's got this, this is what we need to treat with. And a lot of the medications that we treat with is, is what we use for humans. We really do. And so, you know, we're learning every single day, not only as aquarists and business owners about these animals, but the ocean teaches us something every day. And the earth's covered by what, 80% of it? And we don't know hardly anything about it. We really don't. So, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I tell people patience. Patience is the key, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, again, we know more about the moon (laughs) than we know what's below, you know? So, I mean, that's the big thing. But, yeah, I mean, marine is not mystery. We need that shirt. There you go. Oh man, I created a bunch of shirts for uh, for Dustin. Yeah, uh, he took them to like Aquashella and whatnot. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah, we were Aquashella. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I have to show you some of those off uh, of here, but uh, I don't think they sold very well. But anyway, um, but yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. Uh, koi ponds. You guys mess with those at all? 
You stick it all inside, or are you guys uh, outdoor too? Um, you know, I, I'm having this conversation with one of my clients now that we handle their thousand gallon fish tank in their water wall, and they have a pond in back, and um, they they're comfortable with us. Um, we can do them. We currently shy away from them. That may change come spring with the expansion of the store because there's going to be even more of a demand for it. Yeah. It, but it's pretty much going to require addition to our team. So, you know, if we find people that can do ponds and we have people that want pond stuff, we will probably venture out. Yeah, it's that. one of the largest issues for us as business owners. I'm sure you guys as well is finding qualified help right now. I mean, it's, 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 it's difficult. So, and I don't want to, my biggest thing is over-promise, over under-deliver. I want to make sure that the, the people that I have on staff, that I don't have to watch over them, that, that they're experienced and that they can take care of my customers the same way that I would. So, you know, we're growing leaps and bounds, but I'm trying to control that fact by using qualified people and making sure I don't say something I can do that I can't. Yeah. So that was, that's the big thing for us. But, yeah, absolutely. It is, it is something that's been on the horizon for a while, um, something we've done intermittently. Um, and something we probably will look into in the future. Cool. Well, I can't wait to see the new store. That sounds amazing. It's going to be really cool. I think you guys will love it. Um, you know, we I had a customer tell me it looks like a Pier 1 Imports with fish tanks, and I was like, That's really? interesting. Yeah. Really? I had heard that. That's the yeah. first I've heard of that one. Yeah, and so, I mean, the big thing was is we're seeing increasingly a lot of women getting into this. You know, used to it was a bunch of us dudes sitting around like, oh, look yeah. at my fish tank, you know? Fish tank is our girlfriend. Right. <laughs> and now, and that was the thing when I built the store, we used, a, you know, an interior designer that, that designs grocery stores in the Caribbean. What a great job. You know, that guy, one of my customers, yeah. great job. One of our customers. Knocked customers. it out of the park from the signage to the LED lighting. I mean, he just killed mm -hmm. it. And he did a great work. Um, but, you know, when I sat down with him, I said, I want this to be, you know, inviting for, 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 for women as well, right? You know, and having the girls there in the store that know what they're doing helps a lot with that. But I didn't want it to be some smelly fish store that you walked in and you were like, oh, what's oh, what's that smell? Or why is yeah. there water coating all over the floor? And us dudes, we don't care. We walk in our boots, we're like, look at that thing, you know? Yeah. But the women don't like that. And I had a lady stop me and she said, you know, we drive all the way from north of Dayton and we come down here not only for your staff. She said, but this store is amazing. She goes, it doesn't stink. I don't have to worry about getting water in my shoes. I don't have to worry about any of the rest of the stuff I have to worry about somewhere else. And that just clicked in my head. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm watching more and more women get into this. And it, for me, it's exciting because it used to be 80, 90% male dominated hobby, right? And now women are starting to get into it and they're doing things with fish tanks that us guys would never thought about. And so I think there's a whole nother game and a customer out there that just is waiting set up another aquarium you know and i think a lot of times it used to be the woman would sit in the side and we have that if you want to come in watch the 65 inch tv sit in a little living room area we got set up front click on your ipad and watch that and you don't want to be a part of it knock it out but if you want to come in and get involved with your husband or your significant other to walk through the aquarium process i think you'll really really enjoy our store you really really will like how it's set up and how it's designed Awesome. Well, yeah, and hopefully it gets more people in the hobby. Absolutely. That's what it's about. People think I'm such a weirdo. Nah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that's, that's exciting, though, because it's like, yeah, maybe this thing is catching on. But People look at yeah, your thing and they go, is that algae? No, it's live plants. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, people get on YouTube and just type in aquascaping or aquascape and... There's a, the, the green machine is one that yes. videos I'm always looking at. Like, he's got wow. some good stuff. Yeah, he's I got mean, some it's, it's like fine art. 
It is very uh, like fine art. You should see some of the stuff they do overseas. Yeah. yeah. Oliver Knott and the old stuff from Japan that uh, Shari Omano did. I mean, it was just, I mean, the Nature Aquarium, his book. I've got his book, and you can come in the shop, read through it. It's it's incredible, some of the work that he's created um, over the years. And, and he brought awareness to it in his design studio. And I think if you go and look at, you know, ADG, um, Aquarium Design Group, and Andrew and Jeff, Jeffrey Sinsky, it's mind blowing what those guys create. Um, definitely, if you're in Houston, you know, check them out. They're incredible. Um, they, I don't know if he'll be at, at uh, Aqua Shell this year, but I'll tell you what, he's going to be at my store. Yeah, he's going to be at our store. He's going to be at my store. Well, that's awesome. And you want to pick his brain. He is a very unique individual. He has just this, this plethora of information and he loves, loves to give it out. What's he coming? Is he on the schedule? Um, well, we we made some changes. We were originally going to have him there in the end of January. We're looking to move that to the end of February so that he's there at the same time as Dustin. So Dustin's going to do the live plants. Mike's going to focus on the hardscape, the rocks, and the driftwood. Awesome. Um, that, that will be firmed up soon. It'll be available on our social media, things like that. Sweet. So, so yeah, I think that's something you don't want to miss because yeah. having a chance to sit next to some of these guys that travel all over the world to judge these aquascapes, and they're so well respected. I don't think it's ever been yeah. brought to Cincinnati before. Yeah. No. That's awesome. So, so I love Dustin too. He's just like a normal dude. <laughs> just like I talk to him all the time. We 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 text back and forth. My favorite is, is that he's got Wu-Tang clan playing in the background. Yeah. I told well, him all that. the shirts we designed were all wrapped like Crips Crips and Bloodworms <laughs> and uh I don't know, they're all like rap and hip hop themed. Yeah. That was my Dustin, favorite. Dustin, a picture that was right my that, yeah. was, that was my favorite. Like it, when he came, it, it, I've been trying to get him on this podcast actually. When, when when he, when, well, you know what? How about we the, figure uh, to get him to stay an extra day, come up here with your guys' podcast and sit down and, and yeah. talk to him because I mean he is he's a wealth of information. You know what's funny is he's not so much when I met him in person. He's not so much like what you see in the video. He's completely down to earth and. Not as loud. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, but just his, his saga with, you know, making the greenhouse and this gets... Oh, isn't that amazing? Uh, That's know. incredible, that greenhouse he has. I mean... Yeah, he, but people get on YouTube and check out Dustin's fish tanks. Yes. Uh, absolutely. And anyway, he's got, like, weekly videos and updates and we can, you can find his that plants in our store you can find yeah. His, yeah we That's got his plants in the store and he'll be we'll announce soon when he's going to come and do our aquascape and when mr sinsky will be there so you can see some of his work too man i'm telling you you google him and you'll yeah it's incredible yeah I'm you excited. put in aquarium design group watch the youtube video where they walk through the camera it's unreal cool so where can we find you on the social medias? Oh. Everything. We're on Facebook under Aquarium Artisans. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. We have a blog on our website, aquariumartisans.com or mytankisart.com. Oh, there you go. Because some people don't like to spell aquarium. <laughs> it's tough. Um, but we're pretty much across every social media platform. There's links to all our social media on our website. Our retail store is located in Springdale in Kemper Commons, uh, 700 Kemper Commons Circle in Springdale. It's in with Sam's Club and Guitar Center and David's Bridal. It used to be a jack store for anybody that's been in the hobby for a long okay. time. Um, so you can pretty much find us anywhere. Awesome. Well, at the end of every episode, we like to uh, allow our guests to give us a word or a phrase that will be used as a 20% off coupon on our website. So people get a reward for listening to our little podcast. Uh, so if there's any word or phrase that uh, you guys would like that would uh, people can 
Use it's good from when this episode comes out to when the next episode comes out. So, what how about our alias for our website? My tank is art. There you go. My tank is art. All right, we'll make them work for that one. All yeah. one word. <laughs> my tank is art. Say that. Yeah, you can even come into our stores and you just yell, "My tank is art." And, <laughs> and once you uh, explain to the uh, the staff working that that is the code, they'll give you your discount. They give you your discount. There you go. Yeah. So cool. Thanks so much for coming in. Uh, I think we learned a lot. That's awesome. You guys are doing your thing, and uh, uh, everybody just uh, get into aquascaping because it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Anything from you, PF? Nope. I just like I I gave up, He's but in a maybe world. <laughs> maybe I'll go back in. I don't know. Well, I had the tank for a while. My father-in-law was properly into it for years and years, so maybe maybe we'll get back into it once the kids are grown. We'll yeah, see. they got so many yeah. small tanks now. You can do fourteen gallons. You can do. I mean, there's Six so much. Gallons. Start yeah. small. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The journey of a thousand tank. steps begins with a fourteen-gallon tank. That's right. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Jeremy and Jennifer, lots of great choices for a playout song, but this one made the most sense, of course, and it's, it's a jaunty little tune. You can't go wrong with Disney, can you? Who knew there was so much about aquariums, right? I mean, I sort of knew from my father-in-law, but wow. And uh, speaking of which, there are pictures on our blog uh, under this episode. So if you go to the Cincy Shirts blog and look at the post for this podcast episode, you will see pictures of Darren's aquarium. And then I've got uh, a picture or two possibly of my uh, late father-in-law and his one of his first fish tanks, uh, which features a shark, probably from back in the late 70s, early 80s, I reckon. So do check that out. If there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, just drop us an email, podcast at cincyshirts.com. Put podcast guest in the subject line and then tell us who you'd like to have on the show. Maybe a little uh, a brief bio, if you'd like, uh, of why you think they would be of interest to us and our listeners. Uh, be sure to tell friends and loved ones about the show, of course, including folks who may no longer live in the tri-state but still feel connected to the area. As always, go back and plunder those Cincy Shirts podcast archives if you haven't already. From baseball great Johnny Bench to actress Amy Yazbeck and uh, former weatherman Pat Berry, now a country disc jockey, a boy. A lot of great episodes back there. Every one of them a gem. And today's show is produced by me with help from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing. They are from Philadelphia. You can find all of their music on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your music. Find Bitch of Tees from great places like Boston, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Louisville, Seattle, Philadelphia, and more at OldSchoolShirts.com. Lots of defunct sports teams, uh, loads of old hockey teams if you're interested in that because it's that time of year, as well as old basketball teams, restaurants, radio stations, all kinds of things like that. Uh, well, it's like Cincy Shirts, basically, but for those cities. And again, the promo code for this episode is my tank is art. My tank is art, all one word, all lowercase or uppercase, doesn't matter. You can alternate upper and lowercase. That won't make any difference. There's no dashes in there. It's all one word. My tank is art. And you can use that to take 20% off your entire CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com order. You can also use that code in our physical, or as we say, brick and mortar stores and over the Rhine, Hyde Park, and Loveland. Follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest Cincy Shirts news. Give us a good review wherever you get the podcast from. Download or stream this next time. Bye.
wish I said goodbye.